I hate like cliches so that everything happens for a reason. One day you think you're fine and the next day your your whole perspective changes. That was probably one of the easiest decisions. Like I just said take it all. Chrissy Russell is a really cool person. She's a nurse, uh, she's a wife and a mom, and she's a breast cancer survivor. I'm Ken Cooper, and this is Around River City. Now, that last bit is really why I wanted to sit down and talk with Chrissy. So, we did sit down early in October, which, of course, is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Uh, And just a reminder, some of our conversation might get a little heavy, so I want you to be aware of that. But really... I think you're going to find the conversation inspiring, whether or not you've had or if you know someone who has dealt with breast cancer. When Around River City comes back, we'll talk breasts and breast cancer with Chrissy Russell. Hey, welcome back. This is Around River City. It's a podcast about, well, all of you, all of us, the people who make this such a really cool place to live. This time around, I was really privileged to have a conversation with Chrissy Russell. She's a breast cancer survivor. But, of course, there is a lot more to who she is than just that. I have a family. I'm married and I have two sons, four and six months old. Six months? I just had a baby, yeah. (laughs) Six months ago. Wow. Well, I did not know that part of it. Yep. Well, well, thanks for coming in. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate you taking time away from a six-month-old. Well, actually, both my sons are miracle babies because um, with my breast cancer, I went through fertility. We were unsuccessful, and I had chemotherapy. So the fact that we have two sons is, um, yeah, a miracle for us. Well, congratulations. Yeah, so they're awesome. <laughs> so you believe in miracles, I bet. Definitely. What is a miracle to you? What's a miracle to me? I, I don't know. Life. Yeah? You know, every day just living to its fullest and not taking it for granted. So I guess let's get right down to your your breast cancer. Um, Tell me about discovering that. How long ago did that happen? Um, It was 2012 and I was only 31 years old. I had breast cancer in my family, so I was somewhat aware of it, but I was, I mean, 31, just thinking my life is not, you know, right. Had you give, Had you seriously at that moment thought at all to yourself, I might get this or? or? Um, not seriously, you know, nobody thinks that that's going to happen to them, even though I had had two of my paternal aunts had had it. Um, I was aware of it. I knew it was prevalent in my family, but... At that age, no, it was not like on the forefront of my brain that it was going to happen to me. But I remember the day very specifically. Okay. Um, I was sleeping. I rolled over. I felt a pain. And I remember like just doing like a breast exam and ex- and just thinking to myself, I could feel like the margins and I knew it was a little bit uncomfortable. But in the back of my brain, I just knew I, I had a a very strong inkling that it was cancer. Then I made an appointment with my doctor on Monday, and by that Friday, I was diagnosed. So you're lying in bed when you discovered this? Yep. In the morning, I just rolled over, and I was like, ooh, that, I have a pain there. What's going on? You, you couldn't, I know you're a nurse, <clears throat> but you couldn't have been completely clinical about this. I mean, no, what I was your first of... thought and your first feeling? Um, I think first you're like, oh, wow, that's weird, and then 
these thoughts come into your brain and you're like, well, this is my, my breast. I have family history. And I think human nature maybe, like, and being a nurse, I don't know, I always tend to go to like the dark place or like the worst case scenario. Um, and then you're just kind of anxious because I think uh, it was a Saturday that I found it and they're just like, I want it to be Monday. I want to talk to my doctor. I want to get this taken care of. Your husband was with you in that morning in bed? Yeah, but funny story. <laughs> We'd only been dating for two months. So we you were fresh into it. We weren't even married yet. No, we were fresh into a relationship. Um, we had worked together in the past. That's how I met him. Um, he had actually moved away to Madison. And um, after he left, um, he had traveled back to visit some friends. And we kind of reconnected and started dating in August. And um, I, I think I found the lump on like October 13th. It's only been like two months. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But he is a nurse also by trade. And um, he's an awesome guy. Obviously, I married him. <laughs> he stuck with me through all that. He was my rock. I guess this might be a spiritual question, but yeah. do you, and we've we've already established you believe in miracles. Do you, do you think he was brought into your life at that time? That timing seems yeah, interesting. Yeah, I do. And a lot of my friends and family have said the same thing. Yeah, I think I hate like cliches so that everything happens for a reason. Um, you'll find your love when you're not looking for it. Like all those things I used mm -hmm. to get, mm -hmm. uh, I'd say they're stupid, <laughs> yeah. but I, it's true. Things do happen for a reason. I really yeah. think that. Yeah. Th um, I'm just thinking about lying in bed alone yeah. and making that discovery. Yeah. Two months before that, it, I would have been. <laughs> wow. Yeah. How important is that kind of support for people going through this? I think it's it makes a huge difference. Um, early on in my nursing career, I actually worked in a medical oncology unit. And um, I think people's attitudes, whether like they have a positive attitude or negative attitude, and definitely the support that they're receiving from family, friends, like it makes a direct impact on their well-being and I would even say their health and prognosis mm -hmm. you could see that firsthand yeah I remember uh, years ago when I was 39 I went through a pretty serious health issue heart some heart issues and after I was you know through it you know and I'd go back for checkups and things and they kept asking me about my emotional how are you handling it emotionally because you know they check my blood and they check this and that and this and they'd say, how are you doing emotionally? How's emotion? How's emotion? And I remember thinking, well, what a weird question, you know? And, uh, and holy cow, I had, it took me two or three years to realize how important that emotional aspect of my recovery was. Yeah, it's huge. And one day you think you're fine, and the next day your, your whole perspective changes. Yeah. Like things that I thought important on Friday, that next day, like were insignificant to me. You know, like you're, you just cherish the relationships that you have, and life is not for certain. Don't take it for granted. Oh, you know, it's funny. Those words can sound so cliche, can't they? 
until you really stop and really think about them or until you go through a life-altering situation. I'll have more with Chrissy coming up on Around River City. And by the way, you can find a lot of really useful and fun information by going to AroundRiverCity.com. Check it out. I'm Ken Cooper, and it's Around River City. I'm talking with Chrissy Russell, a breast cancer survivor. Now, earlier, she told us about a pretty special guy in her life who eventually became her husband. So I thought the least we could do is find out this guy's name. <laughs> Adam. Adam. Well, okay, so we've established Adam's a pretty good guy. Adam's a great guy. I gave him the option because we were new into the relationship. I'm a little bit older than him, and that's a lot. You know, like we just started dating. You don't even live in the same city as me. We have and I have breast on. cancer. And I have breast cancer, and I said, you know, if this is a lot right now, and it is, like, we don't, you know, we can take a break. And that was just, like, not a question for him. He, uh, I started treatment, and he moved back to lacrosse a couple of months after that. And, yeah, we've been together ever since. <laughs> well, good for both of you. Yeah. That's, that's very good. Um, what was the... Uh, what was the most scared you were? Um, or were you, would you use that word? No, I was scared. I think of just not knowing, of unknown. You hear stories, you see movies, you see TV shows about breast cancer, and it's kind of, of the cancer is probably the most recognized, or like, you know, like there's always October and there's pink ribbons everywhere so <clears throat> you see a lot of that stuff but like I don't know as a 31 year old woman like what was going to happen like um, even my doctors initially they give you a ton of information their plans are we're going to get this cancer out right away then we'll start chemotherapy and even within a couple of days of that conversation it had changed my oncologist um, with my younger age and I actually carry the BRCA gene mutation um, they kind of changed it up last minute and decided to do chemotherapy first, and then I would have surgery later because they want to make sure that the cancer that I did have was responsive to that chemotherapy. So it was all that information at once, not knowing what was going to happen, how I was going to feel, how I was going to look. You know, women place a lot of importance on their hair. I did at the time and still do, but... Like, that's your identity, and it was changing very quickly. And for some reason, that was kind of what I was holding on to. I'm like, is there any way I'm not going to lose my hair? Hmm. Um, and they're like, no, probably not. And you just, then you just come into, like, survival mode. Like, I'm going to get through this. It's a small period of time. Let's knock it out. Just get going with the treatments and then get on with my life. <laughs> but the scariest part was not knowing. Not knowing what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Did you ever doubt that, that you'd make it? You know, I don't think that thought came into my brain. I didn't really ever think that I'm like, this is going to kill me. I didn't. I, don't, I think it's because I just didn't want ever to think that. <clears throat> and mostly for my family. With, um, especially my dad's two sisters, one having had passed away at that time. Like, that was, I think, in the forefront of all of their brains, my family. So I just tried, I was really strong for them because I just 
could see it in their face when I told them of my diagnosis, like that that's where they went to was worst case scenario and that I was going to die. And I just refused to think that. That doesn't sound easy to do. No, that was of everything that I had to do, telling my family and my friends of my diagnosis, that was the hardest thing. I've said it a hundred times. If I could have done all this by myself and kept them unaware, that would have been way easier because just seeing their faces when they see you and how sick you are and how much they care about you and how much they're hurting and um, not being in the place. Do you feel guilty for for putting this on them? Yeah, I felt my mom had had some heart problems too and I felt definitely responsible for probably one of her stents (laughs) with the stress that I put (laughs) her through and um, my family, you know, obviously they care about me and it's just hard to see other people struggling with, yeah, something that you are going through and not being able to make it better. Still the better thing to do, though, to share it and, oh, yes. and, and let those I, people I couldn't help have you. hit it. You know, I like had to take a leave of work or absence from work. Um, my family was incredible. You know, they I lived on my own at the time, my husband or my husband now. He didn't, like I said, even live in La Crosse. He lived in Madison. So um, my family, my friends took me to and from chemotherapy appointments. Um, they made sure I had enough green tea I think I drank a lot of and food <laughs> and uh, it was uh, winter months I remember one of my good friends had her brother come over and like shovel my driveway so yeah I, there's no way I could have done it without them my co-workers um, where I work mm-hmm. now were incredible bringing me like baskets of things just to get me through the time yeah not that we're doing this to give advice to other people going through difficult times but I I think we should let our friends and the people who care about us help us. We should, yeah. And this, I think up until then, I was a very independent person. And having that taken away from you is, yeah, another scary thing. You're not in control of what's happening anymore. And um, <clears throat> that's, yeah, that's scary. And the people who care about you want to help you, and you should let them. But it's hard sometimes because... Mm-hmm different and like I said I I like to be in control of things and I'm very independent yeah but no it is it's good for you as the person going through something and it's good for them so tell me about the the whole process you um so I had um stage two cancer breast cancer it was a grade three which is the highest grade it means it is very aggressive so I elected to have a double mastectomy. I had both my breasts removed. Okay. Just because... There was my, only cancer in one? Right. And I chose to have both removed just because of my history, the gene mutation, and the fact that I really have no desire to ever go through any of this ever again. So I wanted <laughs> it to be gone. Yeah. Um, How hard a decision is that to make? I mean, you you probably don't have a choice in the one being removed that has the cancer, I'm guessing. Um, I think in some situations they'll do a lumpectomy, depending on where the tumor or mass is. Um, Mine happened to be really far back, like against my chest wall. So, but really that was not, that was probably one of the easiest decisions. Really? I just said, take it all. I found that very easy to decide. (laughs) 
I think. Did you make that decision all on your own? I did. Yeah. I don't think anybody tried to persuade me and, you know, what was going on. You know, I think they were very supportive of any decision that I made. And I definitely, I think I tried to quit chemotherapy a couple of times. <laughs> like I did eight rounds, which was a 16 week um, treatment. And it is very difficult. And I think with my oncologist, I was like, maybe after the fourth time, I'm like, are you sure I have to keep doing this? What happens if I just stop right now? And with their infinite wisdom, they, you know, they guided me and, and telling me like, this is what I need to do. Right. And it was, it's true. It's hard, but I'm glad I did it. I have no regrets. And I, like I said, I really don't want to ever have to go through that again. And I'm glad that they had those discussions with me, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. I'm wondering what you thought the first time you saw yourself after your double mastectomy. That, yeah, it was difficult. I think I don't have the same um, story as a lot of people because I actually chose a reconstruction surgery um, that was performed at UW-Madison wherein I went into surgery after I was done with all my chemotherapy and actually had the double mastectomy, but I had reconstruction done at the same time. Okay. So I was never without breasts. I woke up from surgery. It was a 16-hour surgery, and it was hellacious. <laughs> I was going to say, that is, <laughs> is a, a big lot one. to put yourself through. Yeah, I think I had um, three surgeons. On It was a very long surgery, but I woke up, and I had breasts so I never had to have that experience of looking in a mirror and seeing nothing which I know a lot of people do and have had to had to do and Mm -hmm. um that wasn't why I chose that surgery but it was in my mind something that could maybe ease it a little bit saying I didn't have to go a period of time um without breasts or having to deal with you know like a different kind of bra um but it well, was and then the going re- through it again, you might, you know, you're going through one long process yes. once instead of two shorter processes twice, I guess. Yeah, with um, normal mastectomy, you know, they or implants, they have to put in expanders. It's a surgery that has to be done probably every ten years um, with redoing implants. And at my younger age, I was, I just wanted it to be done, mm-hmm. and so I did the. It's called a deep flap reconstruction, where they actually take your own tissue and reconstruct your breasts. So I don't have anything artificial. Yeah, yeah. And they're living. There's blood flowing yes. through them. Yep. I don't have any feeling. <laughs> That's an unfortunate side effect of that. I, I have numbness and I don't have feeling, but it's well, all mine. <laughs> huh. Well, that's a good thing. Yes, that's a good all thing. my own. There's more of our conversation to come, so stick around on Around River City. You can check out all the podcasts and subscribe to them as well by going to AroundRiverCity.com. Welcome back to Around River City. I'm Ken Cooper. So how do you talk to your kids about breast cancer? What do you say to everyone who has done a lot to help you through the situation? Those will be among my final questions for Chrissy. But first, do you ever have the luxury of not having it in your mind that you you have had breast cancer and there's always that what if? Do you ever have the luxury of not thinking about that? 
I probably go, <clears throat> excuse me, I probably go a couple days without thinking about it. I don't know, but yeah, you're like, like you said, it's always in the back of your mind. You feel something or you notice something. You're, the first probably thing I go to is that it's cancer, but I think that's probably true for a lot of cancer survivors. Um, and I have a good relationship with my oncologist and my primary doctor, and they probably put up with my... <laughs> My nuances with those um, things, which <laughs> aren't too frequent. To over the years. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's been eight years now, so I think the farther the time goes out, the farther it does go back into your brain. But yeah, it's always there, especially in October. This yeah, month. yeah. Is this reminder a good thing for you, or is it just does it just make it harder? No, I think definitely initially there was some anger with being diagnosed with breast cancer and having to deal with that like the question I'm sure when anything bad happens to anybody is why me why is this happening but um yeah and I was I didn't want to see any pink ribbons and some people probably trying to be helpful like would send me a notebook or some pencils that have pink ribbons on them and I would throw them in the garbage <laughs> because I just I did not want to see that reminder there all the time and I know it was for a good cause and they were in a good place mm -hmm. and it was definitely from a caring heart but um yeah I don't know when it changed maybe a couple of years ago I kind of flipped and said no this is a good reminder it is something that's part of me and it's who I am and I just want <clears throat> other women to be you know aware and you know it's pretty prevalent in the United States it, sh it should be taken seriously and if mm -hmm. I can with my story help just even one other person um then that makes it all worthwhile how is life these days? Life is great. <laughs> I feel good. I have an awesome husband. I have two beautiful sons. I have a great job. Like minus the pandemic and uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a job, so I'm very I'm fortunate. I have a roof over my head and I'm You have lovely hair, you got that? <laughs> that, that came back, yep. A lot more gray, but thanks to my stylist, that's Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that has anything to do with the cancer. That just is. Uh, yeah, that's probably from. It's life. part of life, I think. <laughs> but I turned forty this year, so maybe that's where I'm. I'm just loving life and. How do I'm those gonna... birthdays feel? You feel like you're living on, not borrowed time, but like a second chance. I do have this one is touchy. Forty is a little. <laughs> I don't know. It's like eh, forty, but it is awesome that I'm here. 40 is a good decade. If I, it's been a long time since I've been in my 40s, but I seem to recall it was a pretty good decade. So. It's a good It's a You good have one. a lot to look forward to. This year has been interesting. I had a baby, and now I'm turning 40 in this crazy world that we're living in right now, but it and is a blessing. Your oldest is how old? Four. Four. Do you have any plans to make this a topic of conversation or a subject to talk to your sons yeah, about? Definitely. Um, I do have a niece and a nephew as well, and um, they're a little bit older. They were alive when this happened, so they, my niece especially, she remembers me not having hair, and we've talked about it um, with my brother also, and um, and my sister-in-law are very aware, and I think their plans, and as long with my children, is to be tested for the gene, the BRCA1 gene mutation, just so they are aware that it's they either carry it or they don't, because breast cancer can uh, happen in men. Mm -hmm. um, it's, I don't know statistics, 
Um, but it is something that we carry in our family and they should be aware of for their own health and for the health of their, their children someday. So it is talked about in our, in our family and um, is something I'll be proactive in, in talking to them about when they're older. And I'm sure they'll see pictures and be like, oh, yeah. what happened to your hair, Mom? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's, you know, it's part of the whole reason for you and I having this conversation mm -hmm. is these conversations should be more common and should be more comfortable, um, I think. Yeah. No, I've always, people I work with, people I've been friends with um, know that I've gone through this and they've reached out to me to, to discuss this. And that's something I've always been good with. Because, like I said before, like I want to share my story. I want to normalize it. Um, it isn't something anybody should have to do alone. And, yeah, it's, it can take your life. So it's very important to, to be involved in your own health care, to see your primary care doctors, and, yeah, to do self-breast exams. Mammograms as well. I was younger, so I had actually not had that. <laughs> I was going to ask if you even ever had one. <laughs> I had one when I was going through my diagnosis, but that was my first and my last because okay. after my surgery with reconstruction, I'm not able to do mammograms. So, but they are important. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to ask a question that I knew would just sound very ignorant, but is, do you need to have them or is there some kind of exam you still need to do? Yeah. So I see, I saw my oncologist for about five years post my diagnosis and treatment. And then they kind of say, farewell. You know, if everything is going good, you reach the five-year mark. Um, if you have any problems, definitely. They're always there for me, but they kind of say goodbye, and it's bittersweet. But um, I see my primary care doctor every year. She does an exam. I do monthly breast exams. Um, a couple times I've had issues where I've found lumps or different areas that have concerned me, and in my situation, they do ultrasound. I'm sure you've said it to their faces, but what what do you say to your husband who stayed with you and your friends and family who helped you so much? That gets me a little emotional. We can skip that if you want no, to. No, it's okay. Like... As the time has gone by, individually, I've probably saying to them, I've apologized for like how I told them and what I put them through. And I'm sure they just look at me and like, Chrissy, you're crazy. You were going through so much, but it was a hard thing just to give them such unexpected and devastating news. Um, but after on my five-year anniversary from the time I was diagnosed, <clears throat> my husband and I had like a party and had a cake and it said on the cake, thank you for all your support. And I invited all my friends and family, coworkers, um, to thank them because you know, that was a big milestone for me is to get into that five years. And, um, yeah, I would not be here at least as well as I am right now, um, without them. A lot of love. Lots of love. Do you think, is there any part of you or your life that is better after this experience? I think, I think it probably had the same effect for all of um, my friends and family that 
someone you're so close to is going through this illness and yeah, just not to take life for granted. Our relationships are probably closer. Um, there's not really any subject that's off limits. <laughs> you know, we talk about a lot of things. I think it was a, a bad thing to go through. It was very difficult, but you know, afterwards you're better for it. And you do have some relationships that come closer and then you do have some that kind of separate and for whatever reason or not, but you do find out who who is very important to you in your life and keep those people close. I really want to say a huge thank you to Chrissy Russell for talking with me about her experience with breast cancer and her life. Thank you for listening. And remember that October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Now, as part of that, I'm going to continue the conversation about breast cancer and about breasts in general, really. These are conversations that should be more common and should be more comfortable. So be on the lookout and listen for a conversation with a woman who had breast implants for years and then decided to have them removed. And look out for a conversation with another woman who had two babies and then decided to have breast reduction surgery. Those will be coming soon. You can check out all the podcasts at AroundRiverCity.com. I'm Ken Cooper. Talk to you soon.